Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Mac and better than ever, Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. My guests on the Goodyear Hotline, and today we're jam-packed. We got hot takes, mine and yours. We got thrilling finishes. We got coaching disasters. And we got one game left to go for week two. Let's do this. Here we go. Only one place to start. Jackson sets in the shotgun, takes the snap, runs to the left. He's got a gap. He's got a first down. And with That's one minute left to play, the Hayes in the barn That's for the first time in 2021. WBAL, the play-by-play courtesy in Baltimore yesterday as the Sunday of week two in the NFL finishes in spectacular fashion. Lamar Jackson icing a short run for the Ravens to knock off the Kansas City Chiefs in what was a big surprise to me. And these Mondays are fabulous for us on Get Up, and I am delighted that Ryan Clark and Dan Orlovsky are good enough to hang out for a few extra minutes with me here, guys. And let's start there. Let's, what is the right thing, RC, to say about Lamar Jackson today after all of the questions going into this game? That Lamar Jackson answered all the questions that we shouldn't have been asking in the first place, yeah. mm. right? Lamar Jackson has done nothing but win and produce since coming into this league, but we all always have these imaginary check marks that he has to check off for us to say that the way he plays football can work in the NFL. This dude's only carried this team offensively since becoming the starter, but we still say, but, well, you can't win a playoff game like that. He goes to Tennessee and does it. But you haven't beat Patrick Mahomes because even though Patrick Mahomes is non-traditional in the way he throws the football or plays quarterback, it's a traditional thing to see a quarterback move the football through the air yeah. the way he does. And so it was awesome to watch him last night go out and win in the fashion he did with the roster he's now playing with. Yeah, RC, for me it was the Ravens won the game that they had no business winning. It was because Lamar was the best player on the field. Yeah. You know, and two things that stood out, and we talked about him on Get Up this morning, were for me it was the mental resolve. You know, the first quarter he's struggling as a passer. He's thrown two interceptions, and we're texting, and I'm going, yeah. he's trying to do too much. Mm-hmm. And just the we've saw the we've seen the great performances, but the mental resolve to hang in there, understand what the task at hand was, get the game to the fourth quarter, and then you can go be Superman was something that I don't know if we've necessarily seen him in that situation before. And then we heard the question get asked to Harbaugh, and this was a big thing for me was. When they asked him, you know, anybody else in that situation, would you go for it? And his immediate response was, well, they would do it with Patrick Mahomes. Mm -hmm. And everybody really needs to start changing the lens in the way that they see Lamar. His head coach coach sees him in the same conversation in a lateral aspect with Patrick Mahomes. And we ought to as well. He's that good of a player. And part of me is disappointed that I'm – that I'm surprised that he was able to pull it off. Mm-hmm. You know, part of me is like, Dan, you got to start seeing him in that top echelon yeah, quarterback-wise I, 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 as well. I think, I think the other thing about that, though, Greeny and, and, and Dano, is that we saw Patrick Mahomes be undermanned in the Super Bowl. Right. And, and he couldn't do it, right? right. He, he wasn't enough to overcome it. And it felt like Lamar Jackson was in that exact same place Last night. Yeah, absolutely. And to start the game the way that he does, your wide receiver slips or he doesn't quite get to the position that you think he's going to be. And you throw a pick six. And then you're in the red zone and you throw another interception that stops the drive. And Dan mentioned the resolve to continue to battle, to continue to play, and to, for three quarters, be the unquestioned best player on the field on yeah. either team when the other team's quarterback is Patrick Mahomes. I think that's huge. Yeah, that was the Ravens. I, I've been saying it all along. If they make the playoffs – I will see which guys come back, some of the receivers and all that. 
but sort of as currently constituted, if this team makes the playoffs, I think Lamar Jackson should be the MVP again. Uh, Straight Talk brought to you by Straight Talk Wireless. Let me jump around to a bunch of other games while I have you guys here for a few minutes. Cowboys get a big win on the road. Dan, what did that win say to you about the Cowboys and their chances of being way better this year than I thought they would be? Yeah, big time because that's the game that they've lost over the past two Mm -hmm. seasons, you know? Many reasons why. Number one, their defense is much improved, and and Dan Quinn has had a tremendous impact on them. I thought that the ability to infuse Pollard into their offense has been really nice. Uh, Great composure by Dak Prescott in that offense. They had 14 snaps in the second half leading up to that two-minute drive. Yep. I mean, you know how hard it is to go, okay, this is the moment Mm -hmm. against a good defense. I thought their receivers were selfless and their blocking. Amari Cooper and CeeDee Lamb were great. That allowed the run game to get going. It's a better football team than I thought. Yeah. You know, I th- yeah, we all thought the real. offense would that's be real. great. Mm-hmm. It's a better football team than I thought two weeks ago. How yeah. freaking good is Micah Parsons, RC? Oh, it's, 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 it's absolutely crazy. And this is a guy we have to remember. He didn't play football last year. Right. So he's just getting his legs oh, yeah. back underneath him. And when you watch preseason, the Dallas Cowboys were throwing so much at him. He's the play caller. He's the mic on first to second down, and then they rush him on third down. He got an opportunity to just line up and be a football player and go hunt the quarterback. And he did it in a way that we sometimes see all pro rushers that were drafted to do what he was asked to do yesterday. And I think that's a huge piece as to what the Dallas Cowboys can become. Because we have to remember, Michael Parsons new, KZ is new, uh, Keanu uh, Neal is new. So there's all these new pieces, but he's the most important piece. And he fell to them. They yeah. wanted J.C. Horn, right. right? They needed a corner. They wanted Pat Sertain. Both of those guys were picked 8-9, and nine, and the Cowboys were picking 10th. You fall back to 15, and I believe you got the best talent on the defensive side of the ball in the mm. draft. I, I think he was the best defensive player in the draft. He just didn't play what we thought was a premium position. Yes. All of a sudden, now maybe he does. Straight talk, wireless, no contract, no compromise. All right, Dan, through a quarterback's eyes. We had two rookies going head-to-head yesterday, this class that you mm-hmm. know, we'll be keeping an eye on for a long time. Mac versus Zach. I like Any, that. Anyone that was... who knows me knows what my reaction sure. to it was. Yeah. What did you see from both guys? Well, for Zach Wilson, just because you can doesn't mean you should. And that's a learning experience for young quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. When, when do you and when don't you? You know, and all those throws, if you look at the interceptions, three out of the four are on him. And they're him trying to push the ball downfield. Yeah, and you can do that in seven-on-seven. Seven. You can do that in routes on air. Right. You can make some of those holy smokes throws, right. the, the pro day stuff. But just because you can doesn't mean you should in real-life NFL games. Those are things that you got to learn. Now, it's only good if you sit back as a quarterback and learn from it. That's the only way that you actually grow from it. Now, in regards to Mac Jones, know thyself. And people are going to be hard on Mac Jones because he's not doing the wow stuff. Mm-hmm. For me, it is the wow stuff. He's doing exactly what we often talk about young quarterbacks when it comes to, well, he's trying to... And trying to throw the ball downfield too much. He's got to learn that windows are tighter in the NFL. He's got to learn when to not. Mac's already there. Now, is Mac Jones going to be able, three, four years from now, is going to be able to do the stuff that Zach or Trevor right. can? No. But right now, you, this is the reality. You are not going to beat New England because they give you a game. And that's hard to say when it comes to having a rookie quarterback. Well, I think the, 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 the huge piece to it, though, is everything fell in place for Mac Jones. I believe when you're drafted first or you're drafted second, people do expect certain things out of you. And sure. they want to see some of the wild plays or they want to see you take the team to the next level. Whereas when you're drafted 15th and you're drafted to the New England Patriots who understand how to build a team, you can play that way. And, and I don't think it's, it's a negative 
that Mac Jones plays within the system. I think that's what he's supposed to do. And so anybody who's critiquing him or knocking him for doing that, then that's your issue. The other part is this, what I need to see from Mac Jones. When it does get down to situational football moments or we do need him to push the ball down the field or there is a two-minute drive where you need to make some wild throws, can you do that? Sure. Because that would be the difference between the New England Patriots being a good football team and being a football team that could contend while Mac Jones is young. And then on the other side to Zach Wilson – you, you have to understand, you have Robert Salah, who's a first-time a first head coach. Mm-hmm. You have uh, Michael LaFleur, who's a first-time offensive coordinator. They haven't been through this yeah. before. They haven't seen it before. They haven't essentially raised the quarterback because yeah. that's what you're being asked to do. Take a kid from college and raise him to be a franchise quarterback. And so they have the growing pains to go through and learn from yeah, as well. Yeah, absolutely. And, and Hembo and I this offseason did these tiers. You know, how we wanted to describe quarterbacks because elite or not elite – you know, it's, it's guys that you win because of. Right now, neither of those rookies are in there. Guys that yeah, you win that with. that makes sense. That makes sense. You know, the Patriots are already have a quarterback that they're winning games with. Mm-hmm. And guys that you lose games or win games in spite of. That's right now where the, the Jets are likely with Zach Wilson. Right. If they win some games, it's going to be a little bit because, you know, their defense created turnovers mm-hmm. or, you know, they created some big plays on offense, but Zach threw two picks. That's okay. Yeah. You know, every, we, we, we want to we crush young court. He's got to go through and this crazy, stuff. And it's crazy you say that, though. If Damian Harris doesn't fumble against the they're Miami 2-0. Dolphins, they're 2-0, they're, they're 2-0 yep. and they're 2-0 in the East. Right. And they're 2-0 beating a good Dolphins yeah. team. And beating a team that the Jets are going to be marked. Their defense is way better than I thought they were going to be really good. They hunt. Yeah. They're good defensive coaching. We'll see. New England now gets uh, New Orleans, and then Tom Brady comes to town. So that'll be interesting. One more for you guys. Greeny presented by Progressive Insurance. At Progressive, they're making things even easier. They'll help you bundle your home and car insurance together so you can save on both. Learn more at Progressive.com or 1-800-PROGRESSIVE. Um, RC, who should the starting quarterback for the Bears be next week? Justin Fields. There should have been Justin Fields two weeks ago. <laughs> and now we've gotten to a point where God has done what God normally does, which is protect babies and fools, right? <laughs> and Matt Nagy has been a fool, and it's okay, yeah. right? Matt Nagy wanted to do this a certain way. Well, now circumstances have, have worked it out, so now you don't have to make a decision. You don't have to pull Andy Dalton. You can keep the promise that you gave him in the offseason, and now Justin Fields, who is going to make mistakes right we saw the interception he's going to make mistakes but he's going to make plays too and he's going to make plays that you can't coach he's going to be the things that you wanted Mr. Trubisky to be for you that he couldn't and I think Justin Fields can do that and the one thing I left yesterday or when I watched the film was you know what dude is fearless yeah right there there isn't a throw that he doesn't believe he can't he can't make because he can make them all. Right. And we watched yesterday him come in the game and add an explosive element to the quarterback position for the Chicago Bears that we will not see with Andy Dalton. Yeah, we've all heard the saying, sometimes it's, lo- it's better to be lucky than good. Yeah. yeah. You know, five years ago, the Cowboys were lucky that Tony Romo got hurt in essence. Not that, listen, you don't want anyone to get hurt because that forces Dak Prescott on the field. Last year, the Chargers organization were yeah. a little lucky. Yeah. You know, again, you don't want anything bad to happen, obviously, to Tyrod Taylor. It forces Justin Herbert on mm-hmm. the field. You know, for a head coaching and a staff that has been so hesitant to put Justin on the field, maybe this is a fortunate situation for them right. to be like, oh, we don't have any other options. Who else are we going to put out We've there? We've got to play him now, yeah. you know? And I love how RC framed it fearless because – from a quarterback's viewpoint, you know, you go into game, you got a 17-point lead, you mm-hmm. throw that, they score, you throw that pick, and it's like, uh-oh. Right. It would be very easy 
uh, very easy to shell. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not going to throw the ball. I'm just going to tuck it and run in every situation. That wasn't the case. Right. You, having a, a bad memory as a quarterback is one of the un- immeasurable traits that is incredible blessing. Yeah. And it seems like he's got that. I don't and, care what happened. Yeah. I'm just going to go and play. And you know what? You know what, too, Greeny? And, and I've never had this feeling. I think people who are immensely talented can be that way. Yeah. Right? Like when you believe in your talent so much and you're like, oh, I threw that interception, but you know what? I can make the next throw. Yeah. Right? Or I can make the next play. And we talked about this on Get Up, him saying he was meant for this and he was meant to be here. Yeah. That's important, right? Because you don't question yourself. When you throw that interception, you're not like, oh, man, I don't know if. Yeah. I don't know if I can do it. No, yeah. he was like, nah, it's all right. Because yeah. the next play, I'm going to make it. And I think that type of confidence, you feel that in the locker room. And guys gravitate to that. You become a leader because you believe in yourself, and now the team believes in you. I could do this all day long. Guys, thank you so much for a few extra minutes here. I really appreciate it. Always. Great to see you. My Good guy. to be back on a Monday. Always. Yes, sir. Ryan Clark, Dan Orlowski with us here. All guests on the Goodyear Hotline with you for every mile on the road to greatness. Goodyear more driven. We'll do my takes coming up next, including an early MVP vote and why one matchup yesterday was just not a fair fight. That's next. This is Greeny on ESPN Radio. Greeny, the podcast. Greeny's Takes. All right, here we go. I got an all-quarterback edition of my top five takes from a Sunday in the National Football League yesterday, and then we will get the hashtag crew in with their thoughts on what they saw as well. Number five. I think Lamar Jackson could be the MVP of the league this year. I really do. There is no player on any team that is being asked to do more for his team to have a chance to win than Lamar is right now. At 346 yards of total offense last night, three total touchdowns for him, and a win over the Chiefs. And again, I don't like the whole, well, if you took this guy off this team and that guy off that team, you could do that with almost everyone. You take Patrick Mahomes off the Chiefs, you take Tom Brady off the Bucks, all these guys. That part of it kind of equals itself out. But Lamar Jackson is being asked to do everything for that team right now based on circumstance. Now, ideally, they're going to get some of these receivers back, and we will see over the course of a long season how that offense evolves. But the bottom line right now, I think Lamar Jackson is being asked to do more than anyone, and he's doing it. And that was a huge win for them last night against Kansas City. Number four. Matt Nagy got the excuse he needed. I, you never want to root for anyone to get hurt. I am not happy that Andy Dalton got hurt yesterday, but I am happy if it means that now Justin Fields can finally become the starting quarterback and whatever promise it is that Nagy made to Andy Dalton no longer will be gone back on. And Matt Nagy was asked yesterday, is Dalton still the starter? Is, is Andy Last starter? I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to get into, I'm not going to get into any of that. He's not going to get into any of that. Look, just give the kid the ball and see what happens. The team stinks. I mean, watch them play. They stink. That's not a good football team at all. The Bears are not a, a significant contender of any sort. So I, put the kid on the field and see what happens and plan something around him that might work. The Bears aren't winning anything of significance this year. So I think that this was a situation where the circumstances finally took care of it for them. I would be stunned if Justin Fields is not the starting quarterback from this point forward. Number three. Kyler Murray is a video game. Kyler Murray is unbelievable 
yesterday. Of all the games, I mean, Arizona-Minnesota was an unbelievable game yesterday. And if you're watching Red Zone, as I am much of the afternoon, like, it is rare when you have the game, you got Dallas and the Chargers going on yesterday. You've got, what was the other monster afternoon game? There was another really good afternoon game yesterday. And I would get excited every time they went back to Arizona-Minnesota. Just show me this kid. He's so good. Uh, he, uh, yeah, the Titans and the Seahawks, whatever it was, the point of it. He, if you were watching, you know what I'm talking about. Kyler Murray is ridiculous. He became yesterday the first player in NFL history with three or more passing touchdowns and one or more rushing touchdowns in each of his team's first two games of the season. You know, Dan Orlovsky had a good note. Not a note. He had a good joke that he made. Like, when, when they call plays in his ear, the play is literally like, just go make something happen. Like, literally, just in the helmet, yeah, go make something happen on two. Because he's just ridiculous. He's just drawing stuff up in the dirt and making it happen, and no one can touch him. I have no idea how good that team is going to be the rest of the way, but that was an unbelievable game yesterday. Number two. Zach versus Mac was not a fair fight. Just look at the difference in what they were asked to do. I know that Zach Wilson threw three interceptions his entire senior year at BYU when he threw four yesterday. You know what he wasn't? He wasn't the quarterback of the Jets then. And he wasn't being asked to do everything. What are they doing? What are the Jets doing with him? We're sitting here talking about the Bears are scared to put Justin Fields on the field because it might stunt his development or whatever. The Jets are the opposite. The Jets are treating Zach Wilson like he's been in the league 50 years. What the hell are they doing? If Mac Jones was the quarterback of the Jets right now and they asked him to do the same thing, the results would have been exactly the same. What you saw on display yesterday was one team that is developing a quarterback and bringing him along at a reasonable pace and another team that is like, oh, yeah, let's go. You got Mike LaFleur and Roberts. I don't know what the hell is going on. But as that game went on, I got angrier and angrier yesterday at what they were asking this kid to do. And now they're booing him. And I don't have any problem with the fans booing him. I get it. I mean, it looked awful. It just looked, it couldn't have looked worse. And it couldn't be worse that it comes on the same day that Sam Darnold is setting the world on fire. But I'll tell you right now, if you gave Zach Wilson, Christian McCaffrey, and DJ Moore, and Robbie Anderson, he would look a whole lot different than he looks right now, too. Do you know I had to look up who the Jets' backup quarterback is? It's Mike White. The Patriots have Brian Hoyer sitting there. There's going to come a day when Mac Jones is just, it's all a little too much for him. It's all a little too fast for him. And you know what Bill will do? He'll take him out. He'll take him out and he'll say, you know what, kid? We're going to fight another day. The Jets didn't even think about doing that yesterday because they have no one to take him out for. I don't know what the hell they're doing. But I thought yesterday was a disgrace by the Jets, by the coaching, by the front office, who has just decided, oh, yeah, we're just throwing caution to the wind. And I I hope this kid is as tough mentally as you could possibly be. Because if he's not, they're going to ruin him. They will absolutely, that is the kind of day that can start the ball rolling towards ruining a kid. Now, I hope the hell that he didn't and that it isn't. And he's got extraordinary talent. But for me, the problems with the Jets yesterday absolutely did not start with the quarterback. Number one. Number one, let's finish with a good one. If you are starting a team right now, and you could have any player in the NFL to start it with. And you're factoring in age. So take Aaron Rodgers and Tom Brady and some of these guys. Anyone over the age of 30 does not apply. Everyone, every single person would take 
Patrick Mahomes first. I think I would take Justin Herbert second. I really do. And for anyone who didn't see a lot of him as a rookie last year, because he plays on the Chargers, that's not a very high-profile team. You probably watched him yesterday against Dallas. How special is he? He's unreal. Big, strong, athletic, tough. He's just ridiculously good. He's only the second quarterback in history to throw for over 5,000 yards in his first 17 starts. Patrick Mahomes is the other. So this kid is special. I think if I were starting a team right now, you gave me any player in the whole league to start my team with, of course, I would take Mahomes first. I think I would take Justin Herbert second. And those are Greeny's takes. We'll have plenty of time for yours as we continue here. Greeny, uh, and a word from Straight Talk Wireless, which has rolled out 5G coverage nationwide. You can get a Samsung Galaxy A32 5G for only $299, no contract, all on America's best networks. Straight Talk Wireless, 5G-capable device required. Actual availability, coverage, and speed may vary. And with that, I want to bring in the hashtag crew, the assembled members of the crew today, with their thoughts on what they saw yesterday. Mr. Hembo, what is your hottest take from a Sunday in the NFL? I think my biggest takeaway from yesterday, Greeny, is that I was dead wrong about the Raiders. The Raiders actually might be really good. They're the only team that has been an underdog in each of their first two games this season and won them both. And that game yesterday, that win yesterday, might have been the best of the NFL season so far when considering they played an overtime game on Monday night, flew across the country, and played an early game in Pittsburgh on Sunday. That's a really good win for that team. I agree, and they're doing things a little differently. I mean, at some point, someone is going to have to say the words out loud, Derek Carr is a great quarterback. You know, when John becomes the coach, you immediately start thinking about him changing quarterbacks because that's what he does. I think I was the first one who started saying John Gruden's favorite quarterback is always the next one. But at this point, Derek Carr is a star. He's a true star. He's thrown for about 800 yards in two games. I think over eight, right? It was 430 the first week. He's thrown for over 800 yards in two games against defenses we think are good. I mean, the Ravens didn't give up that much yesterday against Mahomes in Kansas City. They, they didn't get whitewashed. And Baltimore, and, and, and then, you know, obviously the Steeler defense, which shut down Josh Allen and company. So I'm with it. That is, I'm with you. I think that's in a very impressive performance and win. And Derek Carr doesn't get any credit. All right, let me bring in hashtag uh, Bubba. And many of you may not know this, but before his career in radio, uh, Bubba was actually a member of the Dallas Cowboys organization. And he is wearing his Dak Prescott jersey today proudly. So I know that you are excited about your Cowboys yesterday. What was your takeaway? Yeah, I mean, I think there's nothing much else to say other than week one, we go into Tampa underdogs, look great, beat the spread. You know, Dak, everyone gets their sea legs under them. Dak comes back, clearly the best performer out of everyone in week one. Week two, underdogs again, beat the spread, win the game in a raucous environment. Just, you know, tough road environment in Los Angeles. <laughs> we go in there. F missing five players from last week. And, you know, we go in there and just dominate the game. Had some issues with clock management. That's okay. We'll get past that. And all I know is we're going into week three, back at home, taking on the Eagles, take control of the NFC East. Let's go. So, so let me ask you this. Because the clock management, and we talked about this a lot on television yeah. this morning. If that kick by Zerline, anyone who didn't see this, the Cowboys had like 30 seconds and a timeout left. Right, yeah. When they finish a play. Yep. 
They then let the clock from there tick down to four seconds before calling a timeout yeah. and attempting a 56-yard field goal. Now, Zerline makes it, and so all is well. If that kick is wide left and they lose the coin toss in the overtime, Herbert goes down and scores a touchdown, and the Cowboys never see the ball again. Mike McCarthy is getting obliterated today. What is your reaction, Bubba? Well, I think you just have to realize Mike McCarthy is playing chess when other people are playing checkers. <laughs> He's looking four or five moves down the line. So if that were to happen, if that were to happen, he had some plans. I don't even know what he was thinking. So, you know, if that were to happen, I don't even know what would have happened because he had some moves already thought up of in overtime to combat that. So, like I said, McCarthy's playing playing chess while everyone else is playing checkers. So I was not even concerned in the least. Here's what you should be excited about. Your defense, oh yeah, which last year was just unimaginably bad, DQ is all of a sudden much better. DQ of course is Dan Quinn, but that's not the name that I want to talk about today. MP, that would be Micah Parsons. That guy is oh, yeah. unbelievable. Absolutely. He, a lot of improvement from week one to week two, which as I know we were talking about with Ryan and Dan. He, I didn't even play football last year, and it kind of showed in the first week because preseason he hardly played at all. And in week one, he was kind of looked lost and sometimes and didn't really know what he was doing, but you can clearly see the raw talent, and he really stepped up yesterday. He, he was spectacular. For, for people who don't know, he played at Penn State, and the reason he didn't play last year was COVID. He was a COVID opt-out. And he was, in everyone's estimation – the best defensive player in this draft, but he was an inside linebacker. And so they don't take those ahead of corners. So two corners go ahead of him, Patrick Sertan and J.C. Horn. Week one, Bubba, he's playing the linebacker position. Week two, because of the injury, because Demarcus Lawrence gets hurt, they have him line up to rush the passer. They play him as a defensive end. And Rex Ryan, who knows more about defensive football than any person maybe ever, said to us today, they should never move him out of that spot. He should be that. He will be an all-pro. This is Rex talking. Okay. He will be an all-pro pass-rushing defensive end if they just leave him there. He's, he's so freakishly good. I like the sound of that, Rex. I, I do, too. And it's a, it's, a, it's a premium position. So they really may have, again, the necessity of the accident or whatever the expression is, design, whatever it is, that could wind up being – a very fortuitous set of circumstances, the Cowboys are much better than I realized. All right, one more. The negativity that is hashtag Nuno. What was your your Giants played, of course, on Thursday night? We heard a lot from you on Friday. What was your takeaway from yesterday? Well, I had a lot of them. But the one I will say that will probably disappoint you is, or not disappoint you, but I know how you feel about this guy. Ian Book will be the starting quarterback for the New Orleans Saints by the end of this year. I don't think, as much as everyone loved the Jameis Winston uh, week one and performance, I don't think he is a starting quarterback caliber, starting a playoff winning starting quarterback caliber, whatever, however you say it. But I think they will eventually go to Ian Book on that team. All right, that's insane. That is obviously an insane takeaway. <laughs> Ian Book? From Nuno who I don't think most people even realize Ian Book, the former Notre Dame quarterback, was on the New Orleans roster. In fact, when you first said Ian Book, I thought to myself, which team is he on in the <laughs> NFL right now? He's on New Orleans. I think they're going to be okay. We'll see. That, that was a weird week. They had all those coaches and all those players they were missing because of COVID. I'm not making excuses, although I guess it is making an excuse. 
Um, we'll see. They, they have a couple of interesting games coming up here. They've got New England this week, right? Doesn't New England play New Orleans this week? That becomes Correct. a very interesting game to me. And we'll see what winds up happening. But All right. Yeah. I'll be two things. One, then they have after they went, beat the Giants in Week Four, they have a stretch of Washington, Seattle, and the Bucks. So that will I will tell you on their season. Another thing, the Joe, uh, the Justin Herbert thing. Last week we had a conversation on the show based upon a co- a comment that Swagoo Marcus Spears had made talking about taking Joe Burrow as that guy. We all on this show were asked that question, and we responded this way. Bubba, play the sound. Quickly, around the hashtag crew, who would be your guy? First and second-year quarterbacks, who would you take? Justin Herbert. Uh, Bubba, how about you? First and second-year guys, who would you take? I'm going to go Herbert as well. Okay, it's wrong <laughs> and wrong. Nuno, who would you take? I would have taken Herbert as well. I mean, we can't get one right. <laughs> but but what that was me telling you guys who were wrong was was my answer Zach Wilson is, well, that, is that the reason yeah, I so did that? Well yeah so we're not yeah uh, we understand the Zach Wilson part and that's obviously changed right but uh, no, it hasn't <laughs> changed it was it was meant to be humorous in the moment but, but Marcus Spears uh, Nuno he was talking about Joe Burrow the question he was asking us was Joe Burrow or Justin Herbert well and, I, I think I was asking if you could have any of the first or second yes, year quarterbacks correct. which one would you take got it and 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 the right answer at at, at this point is Herbert. Until he is supplanted by Zach Wilson. <laughs> hey, sign up with DraftKings, the official daily fantasy partner of the NFL. Use the code Greeny. You'll get a free shot at millions of dollars in prizes up for grabs this week with your first deposit. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Lots more to get to today, including one statistic that depressed me so much. It's a wonder that I'm actually at work today. Greeny, the podcast. All right, Greeny with you here on ESPN Radio. What's on your mind? Brought to you by My Computer Career, training for a better life. We'll find out when we take a whole bunch of calls coming up. I'll tell you what's on my mind. My mind is on a statistic I saw that made me so depressed. I almost couldn't come in today. <laughs> this is from Rich Samini, I believe, is the one who tweeted this. So Zach Wilson yesterday throwing the four picks. He, um, he became the fourth rookie who was drafted in the top five to throw zero touchdowns and four interceptions in a game in the last 20 years. Okay? Last 20 years. The last quarterback to do it before him was Sam Darnold. But wait, there's more. The last quarterback to do it before Darnold was Mark Sanchez. So the last three occasions in which a top five rookie quarterback played a game and had zero passing touchdowns and at least four interceptions the last three occasions, they were Mark Sanchez, Sam Darnold, and Zach Wilson. Is anyone detecting a pattern? So that is so depressing. And I mean, of all the things about it yesterday that bothered me the most, it is someone said to me, do you think they'll bench him? And I said, for who? I had to look up who their backup is. His backup is Mike White. They're not benching him. They're leaving him out there to sink or swim. And if they ruin that kid after they ruined Darnold, everyone said this guy coming into the league had a combination of Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes' talent. But you know what? Those guys can get ruined. You can ruin anybody. There's plenty of great quarterbacks that have come into this league and been destroyed. Look at Sam Darnold now in Carolina, recapturing everything. 
So you're going to throw that kid out there and have him throw 30-yard passes against Bill freaking Belichick yesterday? Someone explain to me how that makes sense. All right, greeting with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Drivers who save... (coughs) Pardon me, I'm a little... I have a little bit of a throat. Drivers who save with Progressive save over $700 on average. Green light light. with Greeny. All right, obviously we'll be almost wall-to-wall with the football today, but a couple of baseball notes worthy of mention. Mr. Hembo, take it away. I thought the biggest baseball story yesterday, Greeny, came here in New York, and it came because Garrett Cole laid an egg of epic proportions. You've said all season long that for the Yankees, this has been a season sort of defined by gut punches, you know, and, and in many cases they've jumped back up, they bounced back up. But I'm not sure they're going to be able to do that after the egg that he laid yesterday against the Cleveland Indians of all teams. He threw five and two-thirds innings, wasn't able to make it out of the sixth, allowed seven runs on two home runs. And keep in mind, this is an Indians team in a must-win game here for Garrett Cole that has been no-hit three times this season. This is one of the worst-hitting teams in all of baseball. And Garrett Cole was matched up against some you know, scrub from the Indians and couldn't make it out of the sixth inning. You're paying Garrett Cole $36 million a year to win this game to win games just like this. What you are now is a game and a half back of the second wild card, and you're going to have to play the Red Sox in a three-game series at Fenway in the second half of this week. Like you've said many times, Greeny, the Yankees have gotten off the mat and gotten back up many, many, many times this season. It's usually been because their bullpen has imploded. But it's harder to come up smaller than Garrett Cole did on the mound yesterday. Yeah, and, and that's appropriate. And, you know, that's a terrible... There is no more disappointing team maybe in any sport this year based upon their... The prognostications, based upon what we expected before the season began, practically no team in any sport more disappointing than they have been. In the meantime, let me give you a couple of quick college takes. You know, sometimes on these Mondays it's hard to do, you know, because the NFL takes up so much of our real estate. But here's my observation from having watched a lot. I've not not been feeling well, so I spent a lot. I watched everything Saturday. I watched every one of these games. And here's my observation about Alabama-Florida. That game is 21-3. to So first and foremost, I give the kids at Florida an enormous amount of credit. They fought their way back in. <coughs> I thought they had a real chance to win. So that's an extraordinary performance by them. But the overriding reaction that I have is, does the entire season feel less inevitable this year? I mean, Alabama looked somewhat vulnerable. Clemson doesn't look that good. Ohio State doesn't look that good. Oklahoma couldn't put away Nebraska. What was the line on that game? Uh, minus 28, I believe. 28? They won by seven. And they were, that was a game all the way through. So could we have some real drama in the sport this year? I think that is an interesting question, and it would be a nice change in a sport where before the season begins, we can name the four teams that are going to wind up in the playoff. Does it feel less that way? Does it feel less that way to you, Hembo? It does. It, it, at, at minimum, it feels like we're not going to have a 2020 Alabama, a juggernaut, a 2019 LSU, a juggernaut, a 2013 Florida State, a juggernaut. It feels to me like we have something like a dozen really good teams. But I'm not sure that we have one great team. That Florida-Bama game was decided be, in effect because that Florida kicker missed an extra point. It was a coin flip game. And you ran through the list of teams that we all sort of viewed as inevitable, not playing nearly as well as we thought they might. So we might be living in a year in which there may be a team or two even that reaches a college football playoff that, that we may never have imagined could do so entering the season. Uh, to me, that's good. I mean, I, I know that the sport, and like all sports, are built on brand names. 
But at some point, the inevitability of it all has, I think, been a little deflating in recent years. I'd like to see a little new blood. Maybe we'll get it. Continue in a moment. ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio and see it with the video on ESPN+. Also catch Greeny on Get Up weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN and also available wherever you get your podcast.